Good evening and welcome to Friday Night Review and uh, it's good to have you with us and uh, a huge welcome to those of you who are looking in. I hope you're uh, enjoying yourself. At the back here is, uh, I'm just thinking about the days when we actually used to be able to go to concert <laughs> and music. That's just to make you feel a wee bit uh, sad about that fact and longing, longing for the day when you can get back to here, maybe you too. Anyway, a great welcome today and this, this evening to Liz Crumlish, who joins us again from being with us on Sunday. Uh, good to have you with us. And Thank also, you. And also we've got with us uh, Laura Dagen with us again tonight. Hello. And, and hopefully, maybe at some point, Ian Jimison is going to drop in, but he is, I believe he's on call, but in between calls, he might be able to just uh, uh, pop in and say hello to us. And behind the screen tonight is uh, Ray Manger. Hello there, Ray. Hi. Ray's back! <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah, good. So listen, uh, how are you doing, Laura? What kind of week have you had? I always give you the chance to get started, you know. <laughs> See, you're very coordinated. You're very colour coordinated tonight. <laughs> Well, I had to put my big fleece on because it's uh, it's awfully cold today. I feel it's quite it's about autumnal, so it is. It's about I feel um, the 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 vegetables that are being grown in the garden, uh, they they're finding the the kind of extremes in the weather. You know, quite difficult to take. There's quite a lot of the um, like the radishes they've bolted. Um, I think it's because it's either too hot or it's you know too wet. And there's like some of the other veg going like that as well. So just trying to like, you know, keep some of the stuff going. Also giving us a wee biblical thing where the Lord says, you're neither too hot nor too cold. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I didn't realise this at the time, but there was a thing on the news tonight saying that um, Presswick was the warmest place in Scotland last Thursday, I think it was, it was 38 degrees. And like today, it was 16 degrees. So <laughs> that's the summer. <laughs> ah, it's, it's very extreme. So yeah. it's, it's, you just need a bit of consistency, you know, because yeah, things yeah. are just, it's, it's hard for, you know, I'm thinking we won't have much of a vegetable crop. <laughs> and in the garden, I don't, we've had this wee joke before about uh, that I have this country estate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the garden. <laughs> Chico, and then, the, and then there's more than one horse. There's a number of horses. I was going to say to the horses, not disrupt your veggies. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, if only, if only. <laughs> ah, but it's been a good week, though. Apart from that, um, I found that um, I was um, really, um, I've been really praying for a you know, to, to find my kind of creative drive again. Mm -hmm. I kind of went through a real dry patch, which I blame on uh, being at uni, you know, and <laughs> all the pressure that comes from that and how you're, you don't really get to think as creatively as, you know, you have to write in a certain way. And uh, so I, I, I feel that this week my prayers have been answered because... Um, I've had quite a lot of 
sparks of um, inspiration from God. One in particular got me really quite excited about a project. But I think that it could be coming from the Christian Creatives blog, you know, maybe speaking to people and getting the juices going and I think maybe that would be what it is as well. Absolutely. It's great. It's a great blog. It's also it's a good podcast they, this week with um, with Morvin. Yes, uh-huh. Yes. I know because like Morvin was really nervous about doing it and I'm like, oh no, it's, it's great because she's like, oh, if you don't want to use it, don't use it. But there's been really good feedback. People have really enjoyed it. And I think it's good to get somebody actually, you know, from outside, a, you know, like kind of like the church setting and, you know, see how more the the their Christianity is, you know, um in their work and in their life and, mm. and just seeing it's just I, I it's I, I'm really quite excited about where this we we podcast and blog is going to go. Yeah. Well <laughs> so I'd will need to get Ian on. I think I might need to make Ian the next one. <laughs> Keep him <them> sweet. <laughs> Maybe feel you know a wee bit uh, left out a wee bit, you know. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, it was really good, and I think it's good as well because uh, Morvin has been uh, doing um, these really nice inspirational pictures for us for our Instagram, trying to get you know more people. Um, we'll try to put more material up on Instagram. So this Morvin has um, been providing us with these, and these are proven popular. So uh, I'll see where it all goes next. Mm -hmm. Well, listen. Um Liz, I've been reading today your tongue-in-cheek. <clears throat> call it tongue-in-cheek. And it was, um, what was it? Fish, a uh, coin, coin in mouth. <laughs> uh -huh. I like, when, when I saw that passage, I thought, oh no, oh no, what am I going to do with that? That's so, so complex. And then I thought, I, I mean, I just really like to think of Jesus and his sense of humour, you know, and just helping us to learn things through not taking everything too seriously. So uh -huh. I, that's kind of why I wrote it that way. <laughs> I think there's something in that, isn't there, that um, as Christians, people can be just a wee bit too precious about everything and a wee bit very, very, uh, yeah, yeah, precious if that's the word or... Yeah. or and sometimes you lose the sense of humour and the sense of joy. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I think holiness is, I think holiness is, is, holiness has got joy within it and humour within it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm finding it particularly just now, I think people, obviously we're all disorientated and people are trying so hard to get things right that mm. they forget that our faith is full of joy, not rules and how to do things just the right way. <laughs> it becomes more... restrictive then, doesn't it? You know, yeah. it's like, and God, you know, you think God, God's created this world where there's so much, you know, abundance and like real joy and like, you know, and, and so much and, and just in living actually and in experiencing and, you know, it's like, so, so why, why constrain yourself to, what's less than what God has envisaged for us. Intended, yeah, that's right. Because uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, like, I know I'd, it's 
and and I, and you know that people you know they're they're like that because they think they're you know they're trying their best for God, but God still wants us to enjoy life. You know, He, he gave us life. Mm. You know, and to be able to experience who we are and 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 experience Him through. You know, He 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 like must just enjoy you know all our like wonderful, creative, joyful experiences too. Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that same and and i love that way about you talking about all our joyful and creative experiences because i think we need to help people see that every one of us has got the spirit of creativity built within us some mm -hmm. people will say to me oh i'm not a creative person and it, and and it's to sometimes undermine the creativity that is there because they equate creativity with the with a painter or an artist or someone who does, you know, artistic things. Whereas creativity is much broader and wider than that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much more to it. I, and again, I keep coming back to this time, but because this time the rules are all out the window, it, it should increase that creativity. You know, it's not that anything goes, but it's that we can try things, we can push things out there, see what happens, and nothing lost. Anything, Liz, when you're thinking about this time of, of this time, and I know the work you're doing is, you know, in the pathway, the renewal for pathway, or the pathway for renewal, I know you're connecting with all kinds of people. Is there any particular story or of creativity or, or, or people who are exploring things that have got you thinking they're being creative, that's really worth pursuing and thinking more about? Right. So one one of the things is, you know, I work for Church of Scotland, as you know, and um, there's a lot of um, things about parish and, and, and working in your own area. So one of the things that working through COVID has, has done is allowed people to be much more collaborative. Um, I was talking to a minister the other day that's actually working and producing services along with a minister friend in the States, you know, and they'll just put something out on a Sunday. Um, we talk about parish groupings where neighbouring parishes will get together. Um, what, what folk are looking at is, well, we're quite creative in this way. Why don't we do that? Um, and someone else can do something else. But it's, it's like the physical boundaries don't matter anymore. We can pool our resources and um, serve God and worship with, with all our different gifts. I'm just I'm fascinated at the way people have been um, expanding rather than closing down. Mm -hmm. I think that is a great thing because it, you know, sometimes people can work better in a creative way with somebody fifty miles away from them than somebody that's next door. Wonderful. Absolutely. It's one of the things we we discovered in Path of Renewal is, and it doesn't matter what end if you like of the theological spectrum you're on um, if we if we support one another and work together if we hold each other accountable um, you know we can get through um, because so much of so many churches are are almost competitive and you know yes. um, and we've been discovering a real sense of of collaboration um, recognizing that we're different but that you know, we're in this for God. That's what matters. 
Do you know, I've said this say, often, I said it once at a presbytery meeting, you know, I know there are some people who really struggle with different parts of parish ministry. And, you know, I said to them one at a conference at Presbytery once, I said, why don't you all just bring the keys for your church one Presbytery meeting and we all just gather around and just throw all the keys in the middle of the church. <laughs> Right. Things like one of those parties over. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I am, I am, no, no, no. You were a, you were a good boy. Such <laughs> in the middle, right? You're free. Right. You're no longer the minister of Saint Mary's with Saint Peter under the bridge. You're no longer right, right. and you're now a minister. Write down where are your gifts and talents, where is your passion lying, where are you being called to serve in this in this area of, of presbytery. And if we start to write down all the gifts and the talents of different people, then you begin to see where you can start leading the people of God. And uh, I think that and that is the same for elders as well. I mean, what what might we come up with? You know, it might be a completely different shape of church. But it's gearing church to the gifts of God's people and the gifts that God has given us rather than holding on to things of the past that really were keeping things going that we sh maybe shouldn't be. I think as well, you know, you would find then that, you know, people would enjoy doing, you know, if they were allowed to say, you know, see if you worked in a, in a, in a team, you know, a minister team, and it's like, well, you know, uh, Johnny's going to do, you know, Johnny loves, you know, he's got a real heart for, you know, pastoral work, um, you know, but um, Mary over here, you know, she, she, oh, she just loves the worship, you know, and, you know, maybe somebody else, you know, they're, they're, they're really very creative and want to, you know, they're coming up with different ideas about how they can do things in the community. Then you would, you would really see if people were allowed to do that instead of having to do the jobs that, you know, that, that, that bide them down and, you know, they don't thrive, but you're, you're working part of a team where you're, a, you're allowed to be, you know, you're allowed to be yeah, yourself. Yeah. And you just think how vibrant that, that, community that church community would be if people were allowed to follow their gifts and how they would be enthusing and engaging the people around them you know to bring their gifts as well and it would just oh it would just be magnificent collective that's what we're calling it the collective the church collective collectively <laughs> coming together to share in the gifts and and build mm -hmm. up the people of god mm -hmm. you know um, because we, we, we constrain ourselves, you know, I think the system as it is just now constrains us. Where, and that's how people end up jaded or they're, you know, they're sick after a wee while, they're burnt out. You know, it's like, well, that's, because sadly, you know, there's, there's congregations where, you know, that then people can't maybe get involved or they don't have the confidence to get involved. So they can't be the support network that a minister needs. But if you're part of a, a ministry team, you know, you just be thriving. So it's uh, it's really exciting the work that, that you know you've been doing, Liz. You know, to be able to engage that spirit, a collaboration. Yeah. One one of the things I ask colleagues is, 
what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? And you use the word passion, Albert, and that's what I think it's about. It's it's about passion. I think it was Fred Beekner that said, invocation is where the world's deep need and your deep gladness collide. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's lovely, you know, that it, it isn't about doing things that we've got to do and being miserable in it. It's about what gives us joy because that's what gives God's joy. You know, God gave us that to, you know, to give us joy. Cover, there are some people that get great joy out of doing the things that you don't like doing. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't understand anybody that likes all that admin and um, strategy and stuff. But, but and the people who love, just love getting a spreadsheet out. And, and <laughs> I used to say in Bonus, I used to say, we need as many administrators as possible because we've got so much work to do. If we don't have the administrators, we won't do it. Mm-hmm. We won't get it right. We won't get the detail right. Absolutely. But you know what? My ideas go nowhere unless there's somebody who comes and nails them down and mm-hmm. says, how is this going to work in practice? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and these are the gifted people. And, and often they're creative too. When they come with a passion for something, you say, oh, I don't see how I can do that. And they'll say, well, let's just look at this again. And they come up with something. And see, if you get a treasurer who's on fire for God and understands <laughs> and they can make so much work. <laughs> Post, who's, you know, and I'm not saying a creative treasurer. <laughs> and I've had some amazing people who are into finance and they're certainly not a bean counters. They're anything but they've got vision, can make things happen. And we really do need to see that and and put those kind of people in positions to make that these things happen in the in the finance. You know, I think that's a big, big area when we get the right people in charge of our finances. Yeah. And even I remember a, a a retired minister saying to me one time, you know, preparing for a meeting. So obviously there's part of that that you have to do. He said, think of that as an act of love as much as anything else. And that actually totally changed for me how, how I, not just how I conduct meetings, but how I, I prepare for them. Think of it as an act of love. It makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sharing out when you, in your teams when you're doing these meetings, letting people have their head to run with things and giving them, giving them their, you know, their, their, yeah, giving them permission in their head to get on with things. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah trying not, and leadership, it's about, it's about enabling people and bringing the right team around and seeing the gifts that are there and then saying, how can these gifts be used and how, where is, what is God doing in these areas and what is God doing out of this community? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what I've learned is that often in ministry, when you go into a new charge or you go into a new place to minister, you've almost got to listen to say, what is God doing in this place? You don't bring your vision. It's not your church. You're coming into enable the vision but there's stuff that's already been going there 
And your job is to plug into that to see if it goes somewhere else. It's not to always to dismantle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's going up to? Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. I think as well, you have to give people respect. You know, that's what as I think there's quite a lot of. You know, I think that, and that's where things, I think, whenever there is um, breakdowns in relationships in churches, especially if people are coming in and thinking that they can come in and impose their vision on, you know, or what they think that their calling is to do. Um, it's because they're not always giving the people respect because it's, it's not it's not your church, it's, it's their church, you know, and it's, it's God's church, and, and that's, you know, it's being able to, you know, remember that, um, yeah. that's really important, because, and it's, again, it's the working in collaboration. I think yeah. it's, it's as you start, as you stay long enough, you become, you become part of it, and you become, you know, it becomes our church. Yes. And it, and then it becomes the vision of the whole community. Yes. And it's 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 our vision, and it's you know, and yeah. I think it's really exciting when you hear people talking about this is what we are doing. Yeah. You know, it's, uh-huh. uh, they own the vision, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, this is what we are about, and mm-hmm. you know, it takes time about. to develop those relationships. And that's, it takes a long time, you know, it takes time to embed that as well, embed that, you know, embed that trust to each other and, and then, you know, to be able to kind of get on that same bat where you're, you know, you're like, we're together in the vision, not, are we, <laughs> we're there together. <laughs> I think it's so exciting when that happens, you know. It brings us right back to that giftedness, doesn't it? Because God has given us all something that we're either good at or that we're passionate about, um, we can't do it all. So why why do we keep trying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I can't remember which gospel it comes from, but it's um, I think it might be Jesus speaking to Mary, and it's um, the question: What is mine to do? You know, what is it, God? You know how we're all unique. What is it that God has given me specifically to do, and that if I don't do that, it's not going to get done. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that's really vital to be asking constantly. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not, it, it, I was talking to somebody about this earlier on today on that very topic, that God is so gracious that he lays out things for us to do, but he also gives us a huge amount of freedom in how we, in how we respond. It's not as though God, you know, it's, it's not narrow casting. It's it, God gives us choices as well, and I think you know you can do it that way. You can do it that way. You can do it. That way, you can do it the hard way. You can do it that way. That's right. Okay, I'll sort it out. But you know, and it's it's like you know it's like a parent giving their child freedom to see what they're going to do, and then to just mop up a wee bit at the end. Yeah, that's great. You know. Yeah. And, the, and I think that's important for us to realise that. Mm-hmm. So somebody's looking into you tonight and just think, what is it that God's got for you to do? You know, it's just so exciting. That, um, that's that. I think in Ephesians, it's not uh, one of my favourite passages in Ephesians uh, where he talks about um, the, the works that God has prepared for us to do. 
-hmm. you know, and it's um, I often used to say to the folks at Bones, it's like uh, when Martha was working, she used to leave a list on the on, <laughs> on the breakfast bar for me <laughs> to get the list, you know, and and then when when it was half past four and I knew she was coming in, I was looking. Down. <laughs> things that God has put in our list for us to do that took me back to you know thinking of um, the disciples on the beach and Jesus feeding them and then uh, we talked a wee bit about it on Sunday but it was that recommissioning Simon Peter you know after all you know Basically, he screwed up what he was supposed to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, another chance. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and, and Jesus kind of, he didn't just make it okay, he made it wonderful. You know, it was more than okay. I know. I just love that. And, and what Peter didn't know is that Jesus had other people fish to fry as well because he was going to. I, Paul, the Apostle Paul was going to get fried as well, but he didn't know that. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, the people that God has got coming who have been prepared to be part of the team yeah. and are not there arrived yet, are you aware of that? You know, as, and I keep trying to say to the Church of Scotland whenever he's talking about, you know, oh, we need to look to see how many ministers we need and this is all we can afford. You know, I say, okay, you can talk like that. Mm-hmm. But you've got at the moment but you've got to look and see there's others coming mm-hmm. and we're going to provide the wherewithal for all that to happen so please don't don't narrow your don't narrow your your vision yeah vision you know and say well this is all we've got just now lord five loaves and two fish but you know what you're quite good at using five loaves and two fish to do something amazing with it yeah. Yeah. it's praying for those folk that have yet to Come, isn't it? They've yet to discover their gift. Yeah. Uh, and in that passage as well, with um, the John 21, um, you know, it was like it, Jesus told Peter, you know, you've not to bother about what, you know, the beloved disciple, what's he going to be doing? Oh, that doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what he's going to do. You focus on you, focus on you. And that's as well, you know, like we've, we, we, do, shouldn't, we shouldn't be worrying about, you know, what the other folk are doing. Exactly. You know? exactly. You yeah, just, it's almost. Go on, right. it, it's almost if if someone's good at something, then um, you know it diminishes what we do. No, it doesn't. We are no. we're gifted too. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, do you know what, Liz? I really loved that that because that John twenty one. That's one of my favourite passages actually mm. in the Bible. And uh, I just, and I love write, I, I love your writing, you know, I really do. Um, and uh, this whole week, it's just, it's been an absolute joy. You know, like the way you put, you know, the images together and the words that you use. And uh, and and I really love, I love writing that puts me in the place, you know, like I can actually right. experience mm-hmm. it. You know, so I was there on that beach and I could smell, I could smell that breakfast, you know, and I was just imagining, you know, like that, you know, because you think it's been total despair that's got them out to that, to go fishing in the first place, you know, and that, and then that smell, you know, the fish, and then realising that it's Jesus, and I could just, I, I get quite emotional, you know, thinking about just how, you know, the, 
the, the just the motion welling up in them, the joy, the joy he see Jesus there on that beach, and yeah. that he was there, he cared for them, and nourished them, not just their body, but their you know their spirit as well, because they were so weary and battered. And then I just loved how then you brought that, and you know you brought it then to us, you know the people that are, you know, that are weary as well, you know, and then need a the presence of the risen Christ. I think that was a lovely idea of a long night on the water. And I was thinking what caught me was just our brothers and sisters and Christians all over the world, not just in the Church of Scotland, a long night in the water and struggling. And, you know, and all of a sudden this writing speaks of hope in the midst of it all, you know, and well, we can, in our, um, in our, you might say, bubble in Scotland, looking at the, the, the pressures and the struggles within the Church of Scotland, it is like a long night in the water. But, um, yeah. but if only we could, and this is what we're going to do on Sunday, if only we could recapture our first love, you know? Absolutely. That, yeah. Man, we're going to be talking about this on Sunday, you yeah. know, <laughs> where was me, my love? You know, the winter has ended, spring, you know, and oh, just shake off. If only we could shake off all this burdens that we carry with us and get back to that, that initial engagement of that love that, that is placed in our hearts, that God places in our hearts. Get, re, recapture that. Yeah. Maybe this is where that took me was so I'll be celebrating or we'll be celebrating a 39th wedding anniversary this year and sometimes um, particularly during lockdown because <laughs> we've been at home the whole time you know sometimes I go back to the the night I first um, realized that Edith and I were going to get together you know we, we were on we, we had been invited in a, a barge on a canal with friends, right? And we went for a walk late at night and just clicked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, I just think of how I felt that night and how, mm -hmm. and, and actually when we got home at the end of that week away, every day I would have a letter from him. That's how, <laughs> that's how long ago it was. <laughs> you know, every morning there'd be a letter from him and I just think, oh, how can we recapture? I don't mean that things are rubbish, but I mean, wouldn't it be lovely to recapture that? And that's just uh -huh. <laughs> what you've described, Albert. Absolutely, recapturing that. And that's what, that, it, it, it's to spur us on in a new way, because you can't, you know, like, so Martha and I, like you, you're married, you're married just over 40 years. We can't go back to that. No. But can, but what we can do is build on that and see where that is taking us into the growth of where we are. <clears throat> and I think um, some people need to recap just to be reminded of that first love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also love the story of the Velveteen Rabbit where, um, you know, the, the skin horse is describing to the rabbit how it feels when you're real, um, when you've been loved because you're, um, you're, 
your fur has been rubbed off, your eyes are dropping out, you know, it's a horrible description. But it's all those things that make you really loved because, you know, when someone loves you, all those extraneous things don't matter. It's, yes. it's the heart of you. And that's the love God has for us, isn't it? The heart uh -huh. of us. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think if we could, do you know, this is what we're thinking about. How do people engage with that again? And it's surely it's engaging the place of prayer. And I was, again, I was talking to someone today is about, and she was talking to me about um, the instant prayers that people talk about. I'm praying to God in a car and, and that's where I have my prayer time in the, the way in, like when you should be driving and concentrating the road to this lady was saying, you know, you should be driving rather than concentrating because, and then she went on just talking about, but, and then she was laughing and says, but I know I used to do that. But as an older Christian, I now know how important it is to find a space to make time to engage with God properly. And yeah. Grow deeper in our Christian love and, and, and allow that wallowing in, in something in the, in, in the love of God. Mm -hmm. I, I, I believe fully that the only way the church is going to change is if the leaders change and the way leaders change is by getting back to that that first love, getting back to that rooted connection with God. You know, mm -hmm. it's growing that again that mm -hmm. is going to rub off and, and change other things. It's it's not about doing all the right things or going for the latest fad. It's reconnecting at a really deep spiritual level with God. Uh -huh, absolutely. And theology can take us there as well. And, but I think so often we've had theology taught to the head instead yeah, yeah. of the heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember years ago, I taught theology in systematics by um, Dr. John Sazoulis. Right. And I have one of my books here, uh, he's writing he's in, in his class. And I wrote... I wrote at the end of that lecture, I'm knocking on heaven's door today. You know, and wow, <laughs> I, I could count. I mean, I wouldn't need any more than one hand to think of the number of lectures I've ever heard that has been so um, informative to take you into the very presence and the very heart of God. But it was someone who practiced that whole mm -hmm. theology into a, a knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we need to be taking people as well. Because, mm -hmm. well, I know, I know I've said this before, you know, but I found it getting taught um, theology at um, university was, I, I was discouraged, you know, from thinking about it, it was very much you know like you're asking questions it's all in the head though um there was nothing to connect to your heart there was nothing that was you know it, I, I couldn't talk about how this was connecting with um you know where I thought my ministry was going to be and how then I could relate it to you know practical situations and how then I could you know be able to 
you know use this whenever I was you know teaching people and it it's it meant for you know I, I just found it you know you're thinking oh there was like despair the times actually the past couple of years you know because it's like yeah. and it's like ask you know you're asking all these questions but God God doesn't in it you know and that to me is like well God's they've they've taken a God actually out of it, you know, and where God should have been central. You know, I would have loved to have been in that theology class with you, Albert. <laughs> I know. And I know other people would have too. <laughs> loved to you, you know, but you can still read his lectures because there's a book, Being as Communion. You can uh -huh. actually, it's a beautiful book. It's a you've got to stick with it, but it. Uh -huh. it and hear, I can hear his voice every time I read it, you uh -huh. know. But I think, yeah, I, th I think there's something for us to explore more with this. Do you think, here's a question, do you think we made a mistake moving our, our theology colleges into the universities and making them become secularised in that sense into an education system? instead of having a seminary? I, I would say, I, I'm going to say, I think yes, because I would have, oh, I would just have loved to have, um, see what Linda tells me, Linda Pollock um, uh, tells me about, you know, our time at Princeton and uh, the, the other place, was at St Combs, that was another oh, yeah. place. Um, and you think, oh, I would just have so loved that. You know, you're you're rooted, you're you're getting rooted in God, you know, and you're you know, you're you're be you're with people, you're living with people that are 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 on the same journey as you, that are, you know, you're surrounded by God then. See whenever it's it's in a secular setting, it's it's very difficult, you know, because I feel then you're not, you're, you're not encouraged. A lot of the time, the conversation that you're trying to start gets shut down. So, explored, yeah. Should we be asking Liz to set up the seminary for us? Yes. <laughs> Go for it, Liz. <laughs> I, I, I suppose there is also something about being closeted but but I do know that um as as we've trained ministers and pastor in you all these five years it's the it's the residentials that make all the difference it's those that allow the relationships to develop mm -hmm. um it's those that you know when all the teaching's done to get together with with a drink and it's mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that makes the difference you know that Albert with all the conferences and stuff it's the the coffee chats and the late so, night chats that well, that's <laughs> right. stuff happens. And also somebody gets just fired up, you know, and they, you know, they're fired up and, and it's that engagement with someone that they go away, just the spark, the spirit is just encourage them. Mm -hmm. you know. Well, do you know, see, that, that whenever I've been at the conferences, um, and being with people, and there's been few, a few times, and I know that you know that you you're, you're in there, and you're you're too you're you're fired up together, and you think, I know in the future I can work with you, <laughs> you know, you know that you can have a really creative, you know, spirit filled, you know, 
engagement that's actually going to be meaningful to people yeah. and so you know that I know that I can work with them in the future and you keep them in mind but it is it's like the spirit just gets you together in these times of conversation and like relaxation you know and it's like oh it's so powerful <laughs> but I, I've been trying to work out where where we place sanctuary first in the future in the Church of Scotland you know how we can grow and develop and how we can minister and how we can be a resource but also to reaching out to the the people who have given up in church and we're beginning to see working with the creatives and the the artists and communities around Scotland and different parts of the world and there's just such a, a great opportunity for us in Sanctuary First to start thinking more and more about that and building and, and thinking in future conferences and maybe even like the Carberry Festival and taking the idea of the Carberry Festival making it the Sanctuary First festivals you know <laughs> but I just think there's a great opportunity to draw people and and just encourage them uh, to share together to grow together with a common vision. It's bringing that creativity into one place isn't it and and you know, letting the artists interpret, letting the musicians interpret, letting the poets interpret. Mm -hmm. I heard a, a great thing, um, I was on a podcast the other day about, you know, what we're missing just now is that prophetic imagination. Not talking about how things will be, but imagining how things could be. Mm -hmm. And that's just the beginning of, of mm -hmm. bringing stuff to fruition. I just love mm -hmm. that notion. We used to do, I used to love, like, sort of, when we would get a, a theme, a, you say, even leading up to Easter or Christmas or of harvest, and getting the artists in the church to start painting some big paintings that would go in front of the church, you know, and then they would be there for a wee while, and people would, and, and then other people would contribute other things and come, and you'd be end, you end up having your own local artists creating and musicians writing songs around that theme and it's all of a sudden it's uh, it's just weaving in the people of God, the creatives in, in the community and in the church. You know, Albert, we have sorry. the voices coming in from outside as well, you know, because we, we get in our wee bubbles and we think, and that's whenever, you know, you end up getting into the dry phases, you know, if you're not getting, you need you need stimulation and see even whenever you don't maybe like something actually I think especially when you don't like something it quite you know you question why don't I like that you know what is it within me that you know what's this raising in me and it's good to ask those questions and I think sometimes I think in the church we've been a wee bit frightened you know to go there you know and be like explore that but challenge is good you know mm -hmm. and you need these outside creative voices coming in just to you know see where they go and I think people they need to be as well I think we all need to be um opened up to different forms of expression yeah yeah I, I worship just now at the Episcopal Church in Presley it's just a wee building but it's on the main road so there's constantly traffic passing and um buses in fact when they redecorated the double-decker buses, the X-77, the, the, the roof line of the Episcopal Church is on it. But So when we first went there, the, there's a huge window in the porch was broken. And they had this board up, 
and um, every month they would change, someone would draw something different on the board. You know, and it, so that instead of a kind of window, it was just this board with a different picture on it. Um, not a particularly religious picture or anything, just mm -hmm. something that somebody felt like drawing. And that was the talk of the town. Do you know, and, and it, it reached a lot of people in Presswick more than any stained glass or anything else would have done. It was the weirdest thing. People still talk about, oh, we liked it when you had your board up with your different pictures. <laughs> now we've replaced <laughs> the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, the other thing is, I think renewing churches is, <clears throat> sometimes in Bonnes when I was younger, we used to, I used to get invited to go and do a mission in another church mm -hmm. and to take members of your congregation with you into another congregation to be involved in, in mission and outreach. And, um, and that becomes a creative partnership across congregations as well. People from the outside coming in and congregations listening to somebody from outside that they'll not listen. Their own minister would say to me, telling them that for years. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm all eating out of your hand. And, you know. <clears throat> but that's part of the secret. Then you get that minister who's feeling a bit dumped because they didn't listen to him. He goes somewhere else and he does the same thing or she does the same thing yeah. and people listen. Yeah, we're almost, I was going to say too vulnerable, but I don't know that it's, we're too threatened um, to just allow um, other people to, to take a, a lead. It's my actual. Well, this is my and actually to let the, the spirit yeah instead of it's not your church come in yeah. let other people have it mm -hmm. yeah gosh look at that it's quarter to ten laura yeah, the I, I was um I really was I, I really liked this again it kind of goes with the theme that we've been talking about <laughs> this co-workers in creation, you know. Um right. I, I really um and what I really loved was um I loved it was the I loved the language in this, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I can just hear the voice in my head. We had one job. You know, <laughs> care for a and then one job. <laughs> I, just, I just love that. Liz, I think you're talking to your son or somebody in your family. One job. So one job. <laughs> I, oh, you know, I, I heard that same podcast I was on, um, the guy was talking about how we talk about being asked to till the earth, and actually that should translate as serve the earth. Mm -hmm. You know, what a difference that makes if you, you think about it like that. That was really helpful for me when I was thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked how you had, uh, well, I found it really interesting actually. It was the, whenever, because um, it, it made me think about what the mo people's motivations, you know, so we moved on, you know, um, it, it's, it's almost, you know, so. I, we moved on from caring for the earth to exploiting its resources. We moved on from marveling at wonder at nature to plundering its power. It's that we moved on, and I liked how it was. Uh, I liked the 
the skin in there as well. You know, I liked how it just sat there and we moved on. And because it makes you, it makes you, it stops you. And you think, we have, you know, we've like, but it's like we've moved on to yourself, you know, and our own needs and our own wants. And, you know, it was, uh, I found that it was a really powerful, a powerful piece that, um, and it really made, I think it would have made a lot of people just stop and think. Yeah. You know, see what in that, Laura, it says also you said, you said in that, we accepted your gifts and squandered them. Mm -hmm. the, I even was thinking about that, that you could even say that to a past generation in the church. Yes. So much passed on, you know, yeah. a legacy. And what we've done with it, we've squandered it because, but we've certainly never put any of our own money into it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've not, we've, you know, we've taken, yeah. but we've not, we've not, we've not invested in the same way as past generations did in the kingdom. And can I say that? So I, I wrote about this for something else recently. That's one of my big fears about emerging from COVID to whatever's next that we will squander the opportunity that we've been given uh -huh. to reconnect with God, to reconnect with each other, to reconnect with creation. I think we need, you know, I hope and pray that we don't, but there is a, a danger that we could squander this time and this opportunity. Mm -hmm. I've, I've wrote about that as well. I wrote about that this, this week for something. Um, so I did, because that's a real... It's a real fear of mine, you know, and I'm like really praying hard, you know, that people, I, that they don't. I think there's this danger, you know, I think people, we can get carried away, you know, and we can get swept away on the, you know, the the energy of, you know, those around us and uh, especially the media, you know, get, we can get swept away in it and it's that just like, oh, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. I was talking to a guy today, a minister today, who was saying to me, I don't think we're going to open our church again. Uh -huh. He said, and I said, he said, and then here was his thick logic, you know, and he wasn't far wrong. He said, do I really want to open my church over our church over the summer in, in, the, in the present circumstances? where very few people are going to turn up. But he said then, when it comes into the autumn and into winter, it's going to be cold and the virus is going to come back. We've been told there's going to be a second visitation and the place where, we, where the visitation will be most and passed on most will be in church buildings and in close confined areas and pubs and clubs. And so that's all going to have to be revisited again. So he's saying to me, and then my, his congregation was all elderly. So he's actually was thinking ahead and saying, in reality, how many of them are going to come back? Mm -hmm. You know, until, until it's cleared up. And so he was starting to say, maybe the future has got to be something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think we've done enough thinking about that. Yeah, people, what is something else? We'll get... Hands washed. We'll get the. We'll get all the stuff out. We'll, we'll we'll get the distancing. We'll already get marking the the distance in the church. We can get we can get sixty in. You know, 
see if we put half as much energy into imagining God's future as we do into how are we going to open our buildings. Just imagine what we could do with that um, spirit-led um, going forward. Yeah, I oh, know. See, I had, um, I've been struck by um, Pete Phillips that, um, you know, our, our viewers and listeners will know from working with us. Um, I had seen on his Facebook page, it was yesterday and today, and he had been he had been like talking about a book he had read, um, but something he had said in it, you know, it was like, he, he, was, disp he was disputing what, you know, the book was about, you know, right. that he read. And he says, what, you know, to bring the contemplative into the digital. And that's where I do think, I think that's, that's our next step. I think that's, you know, it'll lead us, you know, forward, that if we can bring the contemplative life into the digital. Mm. I think then that we're in a space where, oh, something, you know, it, you might not need to open up churches again then, you know, because you're, you're able to have that space where, you know, for a lot of people that's, you know, if they have their contemplative life in the church building, if we have that here, and I think we're already doing that. You know, I do think we're already doing that. Well, some some areas are, you know, but I think that's that's somewhere um, we go next, wow. and then see where what God can do with that. That that we excited. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know. I think that's back to some of the stuff we we're going to be talking about on Sunday mm -hmm. is engaging people back into thinking about how we how we pray, how we engage with worship, how we you know what we do in our worship times of worship, in our private devotions, um, how we reflect. You know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I know. See, I'm a big I'm a big fan of. Uh, um, Ignatian spirituality, you know, okay. I, 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 I really am, and and it's a, uh, I, I think it's, and I know it's not practical for everybody, you know, and maybe a bit folk might be a bit like, mm, I don't know about that, but I think if you're able to bring some of those actual practices into your own life, your own spiritual life. Um, in the house, you know, it's not, not not in the church, you know, in the, in your house, then it's it's just expanding where God is, isn't it? And that's what this whole lockdown period's shown people where think, God's where 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 God is everywhere. People have a visitation of the Holy Spirit. When you have a personal visitation of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, he or she, whatever you want to say, leads you into the very presence, into the place, because the Spirit reveals Jesus to us. Mm -hmm. That's the Holy Spirit's role, is to reveal Jesus, saying, don't look at me, look at Jesus. And Jesus is saying, don't look at me, look at the Father's love. And the Father's saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And you are part of all that. And all of a sudden, people begin to see where they're in the midst of all this, what, what, what they've been what they've been born into the world to do, to worship. Yeah. 
it's that, that sense of being invited into a dance, isn't it? With the three. <laughs> yeah. Father, son and spirit and, and, and us in the middle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the pathway to renewal, you know. But the, the, the key to all of this is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. we, need to, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to expect the Holy Spirit to turn up. Yeah, and not, not confine he or she to our buildings. You know, the Holy Spirit's way beyond that. And, and the problem is that we, we have confined the Spirit far too much. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we, if we let her free, my goodness. <laughs> what could happen? Oh, I know. Come, Holy Spirit, come, come, Holy Spirit, come, and uh, and reshape us and renew us and bring us to tears. And you know, that's where, when you start thinking about all the revivals and the renew, the renewal of the church, and the the emotion, you know, it becomes yeah. intellect and emotion come together. It's not that. The intellect and the emotion steals intellect, but the emotion heightens intellect so that one becomes our knowledge and understanding becomes even greater. Yeah. You know, so look at that. It's, um, it's nine o'clock, that's 10 o'clock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it goes a quick hour. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> Oh, mm. we need to get you back again, Liz. You just need to come back and. I know. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be We've good. no music tonight eh, because eh, we, we just we we need to try and get some musicians. And part of our problem is trying to get musicians is that on Zoom you don't get a very good unless people are set up to really use Zoom correctly with the microphones and things like that we end up not getting a very good sound yeah because so, my fiddle's lying over there but <laughs> it wouldn't be much use in... <laughs> uh-huh but i think you can yeah. dis- disable parts of, of of the zoom connection to make it sound a bit better and that's what we've been on that's possible to do that but anyway look time is up we've had a time tonight just sharing and thinking and mm-hmm. praying yeah. and talking longing to see god work in our land and in, in scotland and in the world mm. and um let's pray that god would begin with all of us and start with us absolutely mm-hmm. you know so until next week thank you all for looking in and uh, remember to come and join us on sunday at three o'clock uh, where we're going to be thinking about that first love and re-engaging with that again. And then next week, um, we start on a new regime on the, the, the weekly cafe. We're going to start on a Wednesday morning, only once a week, on a Wednesday morning from uh, 11 o'clock to half past 12. That's correct, yes. Uh-huh. We're going to do two evenings uh-huh. on a Thursday from 9 to 10. And I think sometimes they have a lock-in. You know, yes, they do. Right? <laughs> they, they, they get the they, they get a wee bit of music going on too. <laughs> like a, a coffee shop, you know, it might be moving. <laughs> I hope that you've got a license. <laughs>
hat. <laughs> but I believe it's actually quite a, a good, a, it's quite a vibe in that little, a, in the coffee shop from nine to 10 on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's by, um, by Neil Wallace over in Switzerland and, uh, and Tom Armstrong down in Fries. Yes. All right. right. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, a lot on next week. And uh, also the Connect group. If you want to be part of a Connect group, remember you can contact us at, at contact at sanctuaryfirst.org.uk and uh, we can maybe get you into a Connect group that meets in your area. Okay. So, until we see you on Sunday again, good night and God bless.